Hey folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Hello, America. And welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where today we're going to introduce you to somebody that is on the front lines of the free speech, cancel culture, uh, censorship uh, debate. And uh, rather than curse the darkness, Elizabeth Hang has worked to try to create a solution. And Elizabeth has an amazing bio. She worked in Congress for Congressman Ed Roy. She ran for Congress. Uh, she uh, is a well-educated, uh, Stanford, Yale-educated um, uh, American. But most importantly, she also has an amazing story about her family's journey from the Khmer Rouge, from Pol Pot, the horrible communist socialist dictator, uh, and her family's um, plight, their uh, legal immigration to the United States um, is a big part of her biography. Uh, they were here as lawful refugees fleeing the horrible violence that went on with the Khmer Rouge in Cambodia back in the 70s and 80s. And if you remember the movie Killing Fields, that's the experience that Elizabeth's family had and escaped from. And then her family became entrepreneurs. Her parents opened up a grocery store that still runs today in Fresno. Her uh, brothers and, and she created an extraordinary uh, franchise of T-Mobile stores in California, and then she got into politics. But when 2018, when she went to run for the House for the 16th Congressional District in California, she was censored by Facebook. Uh, the, uh, the political ads division censored her ads when she tried to tell the story of what it was like to grow up in a socialist regime, a communist regime, Khmer Rouge. And uh, it, when you look at these ads, they're they're pretty... You know, the compelling ads, they show the real violence, the horror of socialism, communism, Pol Pot, Khmer Rouge, uh, but they were censored. They were considered uh, offensive somehow by Facebook, just um, somehow Elizabeth Hang's story of uh, lawful refugee immigration was offensive. And it this occurred two years ago before all of the things that we're learning about today. And so uh, we're going to have Elizabeth here. And we want you to enjoy that story because what this did, what that experience in 2018 did was inspire her to create a solution, not another criticism, but a solution. She's creating the new internet. That's a new project. It's a web browser that um, basically acts as a social platform simultaneous to your browsing. 
and uh, I'm excited about it. We, we saw her story, and we want to bring her on and introduce you to her. So most of the podcast is going to be focused on uh, that. Um, and I have a little scoop I want to tell you about. Yes, more declassified documents. I'm going to go through that in a second. But today's a special day, and I want to shout out something. Today's podcast is specially uh, sponsored by our good friends at Heritage Action, which, as you know, is one of the leading conservative grassroots organizations in America. And for this week, Heritage Action and Just the News have been working on a TV special uh, that I'm really super excited about. It's called Holding the Line, Rebuild, Renew, and Resurge. And it's going to air tomorrow, Thursday, January 28th at 6 o'clock on Real America's Voice on Just the News. It's a one-hour special. Among our guests is Senator Ted Cruz. Yes, Senator Ted Cruz of... um, Texas, we've had him on this show. He's going to participate in this one-hour special event, this new special that we're doing. And um, Jessica Anderson, we had her on last week to talk about what they're doing. She's going to be joining the show. We have some of the uh, excellent heritage researchers and other experts coming on. And what the goal of this show is, and why I want you to watch it tomorrow, is we're going to give you a journalistic view of what one group, Heritage Action, is doing renew the conservative movement, uh, get it to resurge, to um, focus on uh, not losing last year's election, but winning the next election. And every election gives us uh, an opportunity. And if you remember uh, when Democrats uh, beat George H.W. Bush in 1992, that very quickly gave rise to Newt Gingrich's incredible Republican revolution in 94 when uh, George W. Bush won re-election in 2004, and uh, Democrats were upset about that. That gave rise to the Nancy Pelosi 2006 congressional sweep and Barack Obama's 2008 presidential election. Obviously, the Obama years gave us the Trump um, phenomenon in 2016. And so the question that I want to explore as a journalist and that Heritage Action is going to help us do uh, is what do the conservatives do now that Democrats own all of the main and control all of the main powers of government, both houses of the Congress, and of course the White House with Joe Biden. What do they do? What are they doing? Uh, when when we talk about um, holding the line, what does that mean? How do you rebuild? How do you renew? How do you resurge? What are the resurgence uh, tactics? Uh, one of those things obviously is um, uh, vetting and opposing nominees that conservatives might have a problem with, certainly vetting and opposing some of the policies that Joe Biden has that might be uh, contrary to Republican or conservative values. But we're going to explore, we're going to kind of bring you inside what it looks like to to be part of the solution. If you're a Republican or conservative, this is a solution-oriented thing. You can, yeah, you can whine, you can cry, you can be upset about what happened in 2020, but you have to move on. And uh, the inside look that we're going to give you of what Heritage Action, one group, with one perspective, conservative perspective, what they're doing as sort of a springboard from the 2020 election is going to be so fascinating. This is a must-watch event. It'll be on 6 o'clock tomorrow night, January 28th, on Real America's Voice. That's channel 219 on the DISH network, channel 240 on the Pluto network. And, of course, you just go to justinnews.com slash TV. You can watch it there. We'll also have it on the front page. This is a must-watch event. I think you're going to love it. And so today, as part of our partnership uh, with Heritage Action, this particular podcast is specially sponsored by our friends there. And we just want to encourage you to check out the Hold the Line 
uh, event uh, tomorrow. We'll probably make it a special version of this podcast. So you can listen to it sometime in the next few days after it airs on television. But uh, to our friends there and to um, the partnership on this particular project, we're so grateful. Jessica Anderson, Heritage Action, Ted Cruz, Senator Ted Cruz, thank you for joining us. We're going to enjoy it. All right, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we are going to talk about the latest declassified document uh, that I've written about on the Russia case. I think this is a big one. A lot of people have been talking about it all day. I expect to be in Maria Bartiroma's show tonight talking about it. But um, you're going to have to uh, check this out. It's some really fascinating information buried in FBI notes written by Andy McCabe, by Lisa Page. They actually provide some exculpatory evidence of innocence for President Trump. The problem is we didn't know about it. It was kept secret for us for four years. We're going to get to that right after this commercial break. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer, a beach bum summer, or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. Um, as promised, in a few minutes, we're going to be talking to the amazing Elizabeth Hang. You're going to want to talk to her and hear her her story of the creation of the New Internet Project, a, a web browser-based social media solution to defeat censorship and cancel culture and all the things that uh, so many of us that are surfing the Internet and social media today are frustrated by. She has stepped into the void to create eight-way solution, one solution, uh, but her story is so compelling, her family's plight in fly, fleeing from Cambodia, the fight against um, censorship and her run for Congress, which was two years ago, kind of was a presage to what actually played out in the post era of the 2020 election. She was one of the first people censored by Facebook uh, just for telling her family story about the killing fields in Cambodia. Uh, I really want you to hear from her and her solution should be excited. But before we get there, Yes, I have another story. Yes, it's about declassification. The reason it's so important is that the president, uh, former President Donald Trump gave us a remarkable window into the abuses, the failures, the deception that went on inside the James Comey, Andy McCabe, FBI. And today, I want to give you one of those. These are a series of typewritten notes. They're up on justthenews.com. You can download them in the dig in section of my story and read them yourselves. And I encourage you to do so. They give you a picture, a contemporaneous picture of the mindset of the FBI in May of 2017. If you remember, that was a very tumultuous time. President Trump was five months into his presidency. The Russia collusion investigation, even though we now know there was no evidence at all to support it, was raging. The news media was hysterical, uh, suggesting this was Watergate. And then uh, President Trump uh, and Rod Rosenstein and Jeff Sessions decided to fire James Comey. As it turns out, the support for firing him was very strong. The subsequent inspector general's reports found pretty strong failures of leadership, misconduct on his part related to Hillary Clinton's email scandal, ironically, right? Isn't it interesting that 
Donald Trump fires him for harming Hillary Clinton's election chances. But we all know that. What we didn't know what was going on behind the scenes at the FBI as Comey was exiting the door and Andrew McCabe, the deputy director, stepped into the acting director's role and he was working with Rod Rosenstein, the deputy attorney general, and for the purpose of Russia, the acting attorney general in the Russia case. And what did we find out? Because I think you will find this startling to say the least. If you remember, uh, very early on, the FBI decided to open up an investigation specifically of Donald Trump. Andy McCabe made that as the acting FBI director in his Predicate was Donald Trump may have engaged in obstruction of justice by firing James Comey in an effort to influence or change the Russia investigation. That was a pretty dramatic thing. As you know, Mueller uh, wrote an inconclusive report on that, uh, did not decide to bring charges, but uh, said he couldn't sort it out. But buried in these written notes is, I think, a blockbuster uh, revelation. And that revelation is that in the early conversations that Andy McCabe, as he was opening up the obstruction case on Donald Trump, the early conversations he was having with Rod Rosenstein, he learned something dramatic that undercut the entire theory, undercut the entire theory of obstruction. And what was it? Rod Rosenstein, according to both uh, Andy McCabe and Lisa Page, remember the lawyer who was having an affair with Pete Strzok, but also was working for Andy McCabe, they both captured this in their contemporaneous notes. Rod Rosenstein told them, hey, we weren't firing Comey over uh, concern of the Russia case in May. We began that conversation in January. Jeff Sessions, the attorney general then, and Rod Rosenstein were having that conversation and initiating the effort to get rid of James Comey about things that had nothing to do with Russia. In fact, Rosenstein tells the FBI when Donald Trump says, put the Russia stuff in there as part of the reason I want him fired, they told him, listen, we don't need to put that in there. That's not why we're firing him. We're firing him for other performance reasons. Uh, that's amazing. Why? Because you can't be obstructing a Russian investigation uh, by firing James Comey if that's not the reason why he was fired. If he was fired for performance reasons and those reasons began being developed months before this, it flips obstruction on its head and it makes the judgment of the FBI to open this investigation, the judgment of Robert Mueller to investigate it for so long, and also the judgment of Robert Mueller not to reveal this information that really the firing of James Comey was about a decision made in January, a discussion, uh, a process began, begun in January 2017, not by Donald Trump, but by Jeff Sessions and Rod Rosenstein worried about the FBI's performance, specifically James Comey's performance. That's a blockbuster. And uh, for you to go check this out, go to justthenews.com, check out my story. The headline is pretty simple. Obstruction boomerang, colon. FBI knew DOJ was preparing to fire Comey long before Trump ordered it. You can read all the documents. Now, in addition to the main point that these documents make about the um, obstruction issue and the fact that there's a revelation that the move, the process to begin Comey began in January, not with Donald Trump, but with Jeff Sessions and Rod Rosenstein. There's some other fun things in here to look at, things that we you know, kind of heard about. They're part of the lore, but now you can see them in hard written typed paper. And let me give you a couple of those. Um, one of those, it, 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 these documents, McCabe's notes clearly document that Rosenstein as a deputy attorney general offered to wear a wire to secretly record President Trump in the Oval Office and get evidence for the Russia investigation. 
Uh, and Rosenstein said part of the reason he thought he could do it is he didn't get searched when he went in to the White House each time, which means he could get the recording device in without being noticed. Uh, that's in these documents, if you believe Andrew McCabe's notes. It substantiates his story. Another uh, part that's in the notes that I found fascinating is that according to McCabe's notes, Rosenstein offered or asked McCabe, hey, I know James Comey's been fired. Could you get his thoughts for us on whether we should name Bob Mueller or someone else to be special counsel on Russia? Why would you ask the advice of a guy you just fired for performance standards? Really interesting element in these documents. And then third, there's a bunch of names in here about some of the names that the Trump administration was considering for FBI director other than Chris Ray. Yes, Robert Mueller, we knew that. Senator Joe Lieberman, a Democrat from Connecticut, he was on the list. General John Kelly, the Homeland Security Secretary, former White House Chief of Staff, who ultimately had a big falling out with Donald Trump. He was another name. You can see all of that in these notes that have been declassified. Lots of fun stuff for not only history, but also for the continuing judgment of just how off the FBI was under the regime, the leadership of James Comey and Andrew McCabe. All right, folks, that's enough. Go to justthenews.com if you want to see that. And we're going to go to another commercial break when we come back. Elizabeth Heng joins us. You're going to want to hear a story. The new internet, cancel culture, censorship, a really great discussion. I can't wait for you to hear it. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest with a very powerful personal story about the impact of cancel culture and censorship in America. Joining us today is Elizabeth Hang. She used to work in Congress for uh, Congressman Ed Royce, uh, ran for Congress herself, witnessed the power of Facebook censorship when she wrote some uh, or uh, unleashed some really powerful campaign ads that, that told about her family's background with socialism. And uh, she's turned that around now and is helping all of us to fight censorship with a new platform called The New Internet, which we want to talk about. So, Elizabeth, welcome to the show. John, thank you so much for having me here today. You have an amazing bio and you've accomplished so much. And I think at the end of the day, you're you're a quintessential American story. And I, I wonder if we could start just by your family's experience. They were um, uh, immigrants from Cambodia. They fled Pol Pot. Your father had a remarkable experience um, uh, and had to make tough decisions just to survive. Let's let's help our listeners understand just what what your family's experience is. It's such a such a cogent story. Yeah, definitely. So my family uh, lived through the Khmer Rouge, actually, through the whole Paul Paltz killing fields back in the 70s. And they came to the United States as legal refugees. Um, my mom and dad realized how much of a privilege it was for them to be here in the United States, that they put their heads down, worked as hard as possible to make sure that my brothers and I had the life that 
uh, were that they never had. Right. right? So the if you think about it, um, there were millions and millions of people killed. A third of Cambodia was killed during the killing fields. Mm. My father. His high school was it was it was it was called S thirteen, and it actually became the largest concentration camp in all of Cambodia. No kidding. And and so yes, yeah, so when I had the opportunities and my brothers here in the United States to go to school, have a good education, that was really important to them because that was something they never had. Um, and so they worked really hard. And you know, my brothers and I, we all went to college. We all have become successful. I went to undergrad at Stanford and grad school at Yale. Worked for Congress Amazing. for Ed Royce, ran for Congress, and we never. My parents would have never thought that that would have been possible. Um, you know, when they were young and growing up, living through um, a you know, communism, socialism in uh, this third world country. So uh, they have instilled in us that, you know, anything really is possible here in the United States. And your family has an entrepreneurial spirit, right? I think your parents started a grocery store, right? Which is how you, you started in Fresno. And then you you uh, uh, got involved in the T-Mobile franchising and built, you and your brother built, uh, your brother's built a pretty big franchise, right? 15 different locations, if I remember right. Correct, correct. Um, so my, my parents had a grocery store, and that's kind of where I learned all of my customer service and interacting um, with the community that way. And they actually still have that store today. Um, and my Fantastic. brothers are very successful entrepreneurs. I have now stepped away from the, um, the cellular business, and they've uh, flourished since then. Um, and I went to go work in politics uh, for Congress after college, um, after helping them, because I realized First, I saw firsthand how crippling the regulations were coming from Sacramento and Washington, D.C. on small business owners. And at the time, I thought to myself, like, I was so fortunate to go to a good university um, at Stanford. I was actually student body president when I was there. Wow. And when the health care bill, Obamacare, passed, and, I, and no one knew what was in that bill uh, in the mid-2000s, I think this was back in 2007, I thought to myself, like, if I don't know who in the world, anybody in politics, who in the world is running this country? So I bought a one-way ticket to Washington, D.C., started knocking on doors on Capitol Hill, and fortunately, a member of Congress in California, Ed Royce, uh, hired me, and I, I was in D.C. for about seven years. Wow, pretty amazing. So the um, so the uh, so 2007 would have been the earlier Democratic health care bill that became Obamacare. Right. And then Obama comes in 09. And by that time, you're, you're here on the ground watching all of this um, take place right here here in Washington. What was that like to get to see the seat of government and um, uh, in democracy, the constitutional republic in action? You know, it was uh, working for, you know, a Republican member of Congress. Ed Royce was a great member of Congress. And it was honestly a privilege of a lifetime to be able to do that. Uh, and But I also saw the intricacies, the... Um, and how much waste gets done, like happens in Washington, D.C., right? Um, and how big government just really isn't uh, how I think... Um, society should operate like i believe tr it instilled in me the values truly that people know what's best for their own lives and the more we have government in the way the worse 
it is. And we're seeing that right now with what's going on with coronavirus. I mean, I believe that doctors and local governments know better like how to deal handle a situation than, for example, I live in California now. Our governor, Gavin Newsom, is cracking down on California with all these ridiculous policies that just absolutely do not make sense. And so time and time again, there are just big government with socialist policies that we continue to hear out of Washington, D.C. terrifies me because that was big government back in Cambodia, right? They wanted to transform the society to where everybody was equal and everybody had the same, ate the same things, everybody worked, did the same things, and it ended up being a complete disaster in Cambodia. Millions and millions of people have died. And we just cannot bring those ideologies to the shore of America because my parents really did instill in me, like the harder you worked with the opportunities that are presented to us in the United States, um, you really can achieve the American dream. And I want to make sure that for my generation and future generations to come, that the, that dream stays alive. That, I think, drove you ultimately to run for California's 16th Congressional District in 2018. And in the process of that, like every candidate does, they try to introduce their personal story to their to the electorate. And you created some pretty remarkable ads because you have a remarkable story. I mean, when you come from a family that escaped the Khmer Rouge, when, they, when you fled from communism and socialism, and uh, you see the pictures of the killing fields in Cambodia, you, you want to help the voter understand that that's part of your experience. That's what you're going to bring to Washington. So you put these ads up and what happened with Facebook? For whatever reason, Facebook and Twitter actually didn't like that story. They didn't like the story of my parents living through the Khmer Rouge, coming to the United States of refugees, and they bought, they banned my ability to, um, for, to put these on their platforms through ads. And so I, as a, I try to go through the normal recourse of like, hey, um, why are these ads being banned? Um, they came back and told me that they were obnoxious and obscene. Wow. There is absolutely nothing obnoxious or obscene about um what happened in cambodia it was horrific yeah. it took i was fortunate that i was running for congress so that i could tell the story and i had a platform to do so um through you know media and um and talking how this is absolutely unacceptable right. but the concern that I have, what about everybody else's voices that are being silenced and they, they're not running for office and they don't have any recourse, right? How many people are, stories are being stifled right now by Facebook, Twitter, uh, big tech, Silicon Valley that we, that we don't know of. Yeah. And so that really was the genesis of why I have now worked with my team to build the new internet, right? Um, cause for, because I wanted to course correct the problems of the old internet. Because when you think of the old internet, what do you think of? You think of political censorship, fake right. news, bullying, privacy issues, tech giants stifling conservative voices. And so as we're building out this new platform with the new internet, we're focusing on no censorship, no fake profiles, no fake news and having privacy solutions because, you know, First Amendment um, and being able to tell your story is paramount to a free society. 
when you I've looked at these ads and um, and they you know they're they're really compelling and you used historical footage of of what really happened in Cambodia. You showed the human toll of socialism and communism and you try to say listen there are some famous people today like aoc that are advocating a return or uh, to turn america towards socialism but this is what it really looks like when you come from my family's experience in cambodia and facebook considered those historical storytelling to be obnoxious i understand that correctly correct Wow. They physically highlighted uh, for the first sight. They, you know, there was just like a, a response, and it said, you know, obnoxious, obscene, right. a bunch of other words. And so I responded and said, okay, what exactly is wrong with this? And they literally bolded the words obnoxious and obscene in their response. Wow. And they and never I got never more specific. An they... Apology. Yeah, unreal. So you apparently, if you come from a communist country, you can't tell the American public what it was like to live under a communist, socialist, uh, violent regime like the Khmer Rouge, like Pol Pot. It's, um, it's a pretty remarkable statement from um, a company that has enjoyed all the freedoms of, of uh, this great country for so long. This inspires you to do the new internet and uh, tell folks what this is. What, what, what is this platform? What does it become? And you know, when we come, as we watch it unfold, what's the big ambition? What should it look like five years from now? The new internet. It course corrects. <laughs> you know, the Perfect. old internet has a lot of problems, yep. so we created the new internet. So it, the new internet, it's an internet browser, and it allows verified users to make comments on top of every single web page online. And we are releasing an ability to purchase domain names without being censored or deplatformed. Wow, impressive. And then I guess you're thinking through every aspect, right? Where are my servers going to be? Uh, uh, when you're building something like this, knowing that the tech giants are going to feel threatened, not just by the fact that you advocate free speech, but if you become big enough, you're competing with them. That's one of the things that is lost in this. Every time Twitter and Facebook and Amazon uh, take on one of these new platforms, really what they're doing is trying to crush their competition. Um, and, and that gets lost in this all of this talk. But what are all the steps as, as an entrepreneur and a successful one already? Um, what are all the steps that you have to do to make sure that this platform can be uh, long and lasting and fulfilling to, to uh, its membership? Um, absolutely. So we actually have an incredible tech team that believe in you know freedom of speech uh, that are built have built this out. Right now, regarding this, you know, there have been some challenges with some other um, conservative platforms uh, with the servers, for example. Right. We're not using any Amazon servers. We use uh, a server in Texas and another one in Virginia, and we have multiple backups from that, too. So if, in fact, anybody tries to take one or two of our servers down, it'll hop to different servers, and we will never be able to be taken down with our servers and our information, and that is completely protected. That's and great. then with regards to... Right now, you can download the app both um, on uh, on Apple uh, Apple and the Android Marketplace, and by doing um, so, you can download directly from there. However, if in fact either platform decides to deplatform us because they don't like First Amendment rights or free speech or no censorship, then we you we actually have the code where we can put it on our website, and you can directly download it straight from our website. If and you we can ever bypass get the Apple and Google Play stores, you can get past both stores. 
uh, right now, but we are on both stores. Right. But if we get removed on either store, wow. we've written new code and technology where you can download it directly to your phone from our website. That's impressive. And nobody will be able to stop you from there. That's pretty good because I know we've been able to do that for Google Apps. I didn't know you could do that for Apple, so you may have achieved something that others have uh, not been able to do before. That's very exciting. So we are very excited about that. So it's just an um, internet browser that you can you can download and use. You can actually just download it to your desktop. Also, we have it on Windows, and it we will, we should be having it on Safari very shortly. And you can browse. Uh, you can go anywhere. So right now you can go to Twitter.com/slash Real Donald Trump. And as everybody knows, he's been uh, banned and deplatformed right. from Twitter. However. Through our app, you can actually write comments directly on top of his profile right now. Uh, so, cool. so even the former president of the United States can come on here and disagree with why he was banned and make the counter arguments. And on top of that, this would have been very helpful for me when I was running for Congress, right? When oh, for sure. Facebook and Twitter banned me, I would have been able to go to that Facebook page or the YouTube page or wherever it was and make comments on why I disagree with this censorship that is being placed upon me. Because right now, I feel like everyday people don't have a place. We're being canceled. Our whole social being is being canceled right now um, on social media, on any time there is, uh, you make a comment that you're conservative or, um, or you make a comment that doesn't align with um, with mainstream society, you get canceled out. So this way, you can you're able to go to any article, any social media post, and actually make comments right on top of there through our app. And anybody who is using our app can see those comments and get a more balanced and fair view of what's going on. What makes this cool is that you don't have to load a different app to comment. You're actually browsing and commenting in simultaneously, which makes it kind of a seamless experience. What gave you the idea to do it that way versus creating like another platform like a parlor or or uh, Cloud Hub? Um, the idea of kind of keeping the commenting and sharing experience in the browser, I think, is a unique approach to this. What, what, what was the inspiration for that? We are going to build a new internet. So we, because the <laughs> old internet has too many problems. And I think there's a lot, like everybody who's on here, you, everyone could go on here unverified. Right. But I think that there's a lot to be said if you're willing to verify yourself, right? And I believe that instead of hiding behind some fake profile, if you are making comments based on your, your, your real, the, a real person, right. then you're not going to, individuals are not going to write things that they, they can't hide behind what they write. That's a great point. And therefore, I believe it will bring down the nasty rhetoric that we continue to see online with all the bullying, the trolling, and all the bots that are basically there. Um, because it, when you go on there right now with a lot of these social media platforms, it's just disturbing what half the people are willing to write on there. Now, uh, I always ask this for all the new platforms. Privacy is just as another important factor alongside of free expression. Uh, how do you protect uh, users' data on this? Absolutely. We have more encryption and we will have a future option to pay for usage. So data is totally private and data is not, isn't monetized. Great. All right. So you're not selling people's personal profiles. Like uh, actually that's one of the things Facebook and others do. So, uh, and then when it comes to, uh, this became a big issue with, uh, parlor, uh, what are the moderation policies? If, if, if someone were to do incitement, you know, criminal incitement, do you have a way of protecting against that? 
Oh, absolutely. So um, if you become verified on our platform, you actually will help us with that. So uh, it's a, it's a community policing. So okay. if in fact anyone does anything illegal or criminal on the site, verified users can flag that for our teams and an email will go directly to the individual of saying, hey, um, your post was flagged for because you're doing something illegal. Um, if you would like to defend and say that it is not illegal, you need to verify yourself. Otherwise, this will kick you offline, uh, kick that comment offline within 24 hours. Very good. All right. That's good to know. So we got, got all that worked out. What's uh, now you've been in the marketplace, what, a couple of months now? Uh, actually, we just posted, we just fully did our launch about two and a half weeks ago. Wow. Okay. And so what's been the response? How's been the early response for uh, uh, the early consumers? It's been very good, you know, very exciting. I believe that people right now are looking for new platforms and domains to um, voice no their concerns and communities because right now it's just uh, conserves are being canceled everywhere they go. And uh, as part of this, I mean, you can browse anywhere you want on the internet. Are there any unique um, aggregation places where you put news together or, you know, civic information? Uh, is there the ability within this to create communities or feeds for people that, that do some form of curation? If you wanted to create a new drudge report or a, um, a new civics uh, report, what are the potential long-term uh, community options that, that you might be able to build in this new internet, which is so exciting? I love the word because it, it, it actually it self-describes its purpose. It's really good. Um, what, are, what are the community down the road? Are there some community opportunities here? There's absolutely, we are going to be um, selling domain names very shortly that will not be censored or deplatformed like what we saw with AR15.com on GoDaddy. Uh, but we also uh, will be launching in this week a, a, town, a, a platform where you can actually create individual town halls and have discussions and topics about no any topic that you want on there because I don't think enough of those go on these days That's right. Uh, based on all the censorship and deplatforming that we continue to see in council culture. So that's for example, you can create your profiles and create communities on there. We have a news feed that we just placed um, when you log on to thenewinternet.com that I'm excited about. And you can see where people are commenting and calling out articles or individuals that are writing things that are either skewed one way or inappropriate um, and re recalibrating and rebalancing what uh, I think the internet was initially um created to do and it's you know to be able to share you know diverse thoughts and opinions in a community online that feels safe and open and so that is the objective of the new internet and i'm really excited about the opportunities and um, how many people have already subscribed and the community in which we're building yeah it sounds uh, it sounds amazing when you um uh, if we want to stay connected and we want to follow the evolution of this, because this is a, this is more than just an app. This is like a big you're basically creating a whole new ecosystem. It's really ambitious. How do people beyond uh, then go to the Apple Store, right? Then go to the Google Play Store, get it. Um, what are other ways that they can learn in real time just what you're doing and support what you're doing? 
Oh, uh, they can download it. They can actually just go to thenewinternet.com and they can subscribe to our email subscription. We try to send something out every couple of days about all the new and exciting features that are on there and any um, news or podcasts that we happen to be on uh, to keep everybody up to date about what's going on. Oh, that's fantastic. What a great way to do it. And if people want to see these ads, because I was really moved by them. I had to search hard to find them, obviously. But if people want to see the ads and see, you know, how historically accurate and compelling they were and, and yet they got censored, is there a way for them uh, on the new Internet to see them? Are you going to put them up somewhere? Because I think when people look at these ads and they realize, well, were they, these were censored. What? What? Um, uh, it, it really opens your eyes to just how far reaching the censorship was. You know, I'm, I'm pretty proud of you know, being pretty uh, atop of the news. I had not heard of this censorship until until you launched the new internet project. And when I went back and looked at it, I mean, it's two years ago, but it's jaw-dropping. And so uh, is there a place for people to look at these ads and, and uh, get to learn the, the really cogent family story that your family lived? Uh, absolutely. Um, it's actually posted currently on YouTube, but there are some censors and blocks on it for yeah. whatever reason Google has placed on me. So not appropriate so for children you, when I looked at it today. Yes. Exactly. You have to log in. Um, so if you go to thenewinternet.com and you scrolled all the way to the bottom, there is an Our Story uh, tab on right. there that talks about uh, that is my profile and it does talk and it has a link in there that will take you directly to the um, the initial ad that got censored and blocked uh, when I ran for Congress and why it is uh, the genesis of why uh, the new internet started. Um, it's for, it's because of stories like that where uh, people are getting censored and blocked. It's absolutely ridiculous. Tech giants should not be able to determine whose voices and what stories live on. And so that's why we, we want you to create the new internet so that people can tell their stories um, because the fact that we can just so easily be silenced by these tech giants, it's what's so scary. Because if it can happen to me just not once or twice, it's actually happened about four times now, wow. um, then this can happen to anyone. So if they scroll down to the bottom of the webpage on the newinternet.com, click on our story, then they should be able to find it in there in the middle of the text. Very, very cool. When you look at the big picture, um, uh, where is this censorship cancel culture fight going? I guess there's you know there's two approaches or three approaches. One is just damning the darkness, which a lot of people are doing <laughs> plenty of today. And some people I talk to feel hopeless. Then there are those that are thinking, well, maybe there's a legal remedy to this going to the courts. And then there are those like you who uh, appear to be saying, listen, rather than uh, whine about what's bad, Go create something new because that's one of the great things you can do in America. It seems like that part of the response is growing every day. This this sort of entrepreneurial, hey, we can build our own universe and, and no longer be subject to the the fiefdoms of these tech oligarchs. Is the, which of those three options do you think ultimately will play out as the solution for conservatives? I think that it the solution is going to be okay. If we're being canceled and people want to censor us on all these different platforms, let's create the future of what there's going to be people who are going to go with the legal remedies. That's fine. But I do. I truly believe in free markets and capitalism. Right. And I, I object to this war on our First Amendment rights and our war on our Constitution. So I will do whatever is in my power to ensure that these fundamental uh, American values that are paramount to a free society continue to um, flourish 
and I'm going to build the new internet with our team. And five years from now, when you and I talk again on your podcast, we're going <laughs> to reflect back on this day yeah. that the new internet is a freer, safer, more open place uh, for our for our country and society and our world as a whole. I love it. And it's not going to be five years. We're going to have you out much sooner than that, too. But we will check in <laughs> on five years. We'll mark this date, but we need to have you back on and, and to share your voice with uh, our, our great country, our great listeners, because what you're doing is exactly what, you know, the American entrepreneurial cycle for every crisis and, and frustration that the Americans have endured in 240 years. We always find a solution because the free market allows it. And it sounds like that's why you stepped right into this space and, and did it. I'm I'm incredibly eager to um, to spread the word and, and to become a user myself and to uh, begin to grow. And we ought to get just the news in there as well. It sounds like a really great, uh, a really great place to be. Elizabeth, I can't thank you enough for, for what you're doing, for spending the time today. And uh, I'm serious. We would love to have you back on. We're, uh, we're going to do some panel discussions with some of the leaders in the entrepreneurial space that are trying to solve this problem right now. And uh, we just love to have you back on and to keep chronicling what, what your, your great initiative is, is doing every day. I'd be absolutely honored to be on those panels. Just let me know. All right. That sounds great. All right, folks, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we'll wrap things up for the day. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. And I want to thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Elizabeth. I think I... Uh, her energy, her excitement about developing a new internet, a new culture with, uh, without censorship, without political warfare um, affecting the free speech rights of Americans. I think that is a valuable conversation. Check out her new, the new internet project on the web. Uh, check out her app if you're interested. Uh, we'll continue to introduce you to voices on this very epic, important debate in America. What does free speech mean in the 21st century? Actually, what does it mean in 2021 specifically? All right, one last reminder. As I said, today's podcast was specially sponsored by Heritage Action. They are our partner on an upcoming TV project you're going to be able to watch tomorrow night. It's called Hold the Line. It's about the three R's in uh, getting the conservative movement going after their losses in the 2020 election. Rebuild, renew, and resurge. We're going to explore that. what that means with Ted Cruz, with Jessica Anderson from Heritage Action, from some other experts. Um, this will bring you inside journalistically in a way and how one group, one conservative grassroots group, is trying to uh, rise up from the 2020 election and create solutions for conservatives, uh, hold the line, resist, do other things uh, that um, uh, bring the conservative movement back from the losses that many are frustrated from are on the right. And we'll talk about what the Democrats' plan is, too. This will be a really fun journalistic exercise. We're really grateful for Heritage Action and partnering with us. Uh, I think you'll enjoy the interview and the discussion. And uh, be sure to check that out tomorrow night. And thanks again to Heritage Action. All right, folks, that wraps it up. 
May God bless you. May God bless this great country. Have a great night. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Tomorrow, we're going to air my special conversation with Newt Gingrich, Alan West, Jenna Ellis about faith under fire in America. We've been talking about free speech being under fire. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about the infringements of religious liberty in America, what the courts are doing, what the political choices are, what the threats are. Uh, Newt Gingrich makes a bold proclamation that religious freedom is under assault in a way we haven't seen since, I'm not making this up, the Revolutionary War, 1776. Pretty powerful statement. You'll learn all about that on tomorrow's podcast. And on Friday, we're going to bring you the event we're doing with Heritage Action, the Hold the Line event. You'll be able to hear it here on this podcast uh, for a full hour. I think you'll enjoy the conversation. I know I'm looking forward to it. Uh, So buckle your seatbelt, get ready for the back end of the week. Some great programming, some great guests. I'm very grateful for everybody who's made these shows possible. And uh, with that, we'll sign off and we'll be back at you tomorrow.